0: There's more to say about the economy part of the circular economy. Welcome to the Circular Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Wheatman, and I started this podcast to help people discover why circular, regenerative, and fair solutions are better for people, planet, and prosperity. Some people think going circular means swapping a few materials or making things a bit more recyclable. But that's nowhere near enough to create a healthy, resilient and zero carbon world where we can all thrive. Many organisations are missing the game-changing potential of going circular. The disruptors in this space are using circular strategies to reimagine how to create value for all their stakeholders. They're doing better with less. We'll hear from those inspiring people who are challenging business as usual and rethinking how we design, make and use everything. You'll find the show notes and links at circulareconomypodcast.com where you can subscribe to podcast updates, my Circular Insights newsletter and check out my award-winning A Circular Economy Handbook. Hey there, welcome back and thanks for listening. This is a bonus episode, following on from episode 119, the first part of my long conversation with Ken Webster, exploring concepts for a critical element of the circular economy that we're overlooking, the economy itself. Ken Webster is one of the foremost thinkers in the circular economy field, perhaps best known for his work at the Ellen MacArthur Foundation where he wrote several key books, helping make the concepts easier to understand and showing how they're relevant to both businesses and policymakers. In the first part, we discussed system scale issues and concepts with some of the big ideas Ken's been working on, including a universal basic dividend and how we could bring the principles of commoning into our modern economies. Ken explained why the rise of the rentier economy is funnelling wealth to those who are already wealthy and away from the vast majority of society. If you're not familiar with the term rentier, it's someone who earns income from capital without working for it, such as by renting out property or land to tenants and earning interest or dividends from owning shares or bonds. We talked about what's getting in the way of an economy for all. We're each noticing signals for change as people see the potential of a future with community, connection and caring. Ken highlighted the need for different forms of democracy, the power and potential of community and practicalities to resolve around the commons, especially who owns what and how decisions are made. In this second part, we go deeper into the possibilities offered by a universal basic dividend, especially as we move to a world where artificial intelligence might completely change the nature of work. Ken mentions his recent work with Earth For All, supporting the discourse and new thinking marking the 50th anniversary of the Club of Rome's groundbreaking limits to growth report. We move on to Ken's mission to make these concepts easier to grasp and to help people get excited plus the importance of getting really clear on the core idea before trying to make this work in practical terms. Ken explains the overlap between the thinking around circular economy and complex adaptive systems, and he highlights some of the glaring fault lines in mainstream economic thinking. That leads us back to the commons and regenerative and open systems together with the key questions that should be at the heart of designing circular products, components and materials. And we finish by hearing a bit more about Ken's most recent books, including ABC&D, Creating a Regenerative Circular Economy for All, co-written with Craig Johnson, and his latest book, The Wonderful Circles of Oz, A Circular Economy Story, written with Alex Duff. As I mentioned last time, we recorded this at a studio near where Ken lives. However, the equipment was set up for music, not podcasting. So the sound quality isn't as good as I'd have liked. So let's jump back into my conversation with Ken Webster. The missing chunk for me of helping people do things differently is to see the way forward, to see a way that sustainable behavior or circular economy or whatever isn't about wearing a hair shirt it's it's about having if you've got a universal basic income it's having more time to spend on caring on Mm. cooking food from scratch on growing your own food and the things that once people do them they realize just how fulfilling enjoyable and meaningful it is compared to this work by consume eye. yes story that yes. we're all we're all yes um, in, indeed it's that
1: that key thing about economic security and that's why to me the universal basic dividend is a core element in this mm. this thinking yeah and it links to resources and it allows us for real resources to be charged at the correct price to enable a rational use of resources and emphasize these things about and um, making sure things are long lasting and repairable mm. and ...all of the things we talk about in the circular economy... ...without those system shifts... ...if we don't pay the real price, for example... ...or we continue to, as Walter mentions... ...if we continue to tax people... Mm. ...why are we taxing people? We want people to get more involved. Yeah. And I ask that in almost everything I do... ...and nobody mm. ever has got an answer. No. It comes out of, if you like, the World War II thing. You know, everybody was going to be employed... ...so they should pay something towards their... ...pensions and social services because they're employed for all of their life and it's going to be reasonable wages because we will make sure it is. Why are you still sticking with that when the question is elsewhere now Mm. around this? This is mind-boggling if we can't. So it is a mindset question in the end. How do you approach these questions of how do you manage the money system? How do you get fair shares for people without uh, just assuming it all goes through the tax system like it used to? and if you had an AI people aren't going to be working in the same way that they were so from a huge precariat of people you're going to say well they've got to pay more taxes mm. are, you, are you crazy if you think that no that's not where they need help they need freedom they need uh, in autonomy yeah you've got to find them autonomy you can't say it's because they should work a little bit harder oh let's do three jobs you know really you know, what what's that what's that about we don't need to do that you see so you can get on with doing things which matter more to you as a human and which you can get deeper satisfaction out of but at the moment we're distracted insecure worried about the climate worried about social conditions wondering if we'll end up in in that in in homelessness or and maybe we can't even use a tent because it's not allowed to use a tent on the sidewalk type things incidentally i saw tents on the edge of the seine in paris you know it's not just a a u.s thing or 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 the wrong side of stoke-on-trent this is
0: indicator of a much obviously much broader thing yeah Yeah. which comes back to the growth of the elite population and the and 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 the pressure on everybody it's the tainter
1: was i think the guy who really wrote that the, the collapse of I think the collapse of civilizations or whatever they end up spending so much time maintaining the elite
0: mm.
1: and the super, the infrastructure they've got that eventually most of the resources go to that and then it's a very short space of time before they they collapse because everything else is fragile yeah. yeah yeah you can even look at it in an American town where you see next, very few people living there very houses are spread out there's this five lane Four lane mm. roads through them, it, that's not designed to be sustainable. That demands you have a car. Why don't you just bunch up the houses, make things more walkable, and maybe then you have an infrastructure that encourages community uh, interaction mm. and puts the car where it ought to be as an occasional use for something else? Mm. Not to build things so that essentially they can't maintain the infrastructure. Because there's too many, oh, look at the length of the road and the width of it and the lighting we've got to do. That's built, baked in once they've uh, built that infrastructure that way. And it has to, in a way, collapse mm. before you can reimagine it. But at the moment, we're still struggling for what are the right ideas. Yeah. And Yanis Varoufakis is very clear on this. He says the left-leaning or more progressive things, what's your new narrative of hope?
0: Yeah, exactly. And you That's can't dig something mean, out of the
1: 1970s and say... I want more public transport. Well, you mm. might well do. That's not an idea you can get excited about, you know? Not, not in the way that it was when it was, you know, um, emancipation of, of, of women or it was around, you know, uh, guaranteed minimum wages at one time when everybody was fully employed. No, is, what's, what's new mm. when it's a rentier economy you're facing? you're not mm. facing an old one where we're just popping down to the
0: factory uh, what what factories exactly so we need we need an idea that everybody can kind of get so it's got to be fairly simple and then get excited about and yeah. is there something that you would point people towards reading to kind of get a better sense of that you mentioned the book um, wealth for all is it would you bring for all, towards Earth, that? or Earth for all is, for is all, a very.
1: Sorry. Even though I was involved <laughs> a in bit it, a book. Earth, yeah, well, <laughs> <Earth, laughs> uh, same thing. Earth for all, I think, is a very good. It's a fifty-year publication from the Club of Rome, okay. looking at limits to growth, but trying to say, look, we can get, we can get out of this. We can do it as a, a great leap forward, or we can try and take baby steps. Too little, too late, they call it. Mm. But there are essentially five turnarounds in that, okay. and buried in there, not buried, because it's going to become a big part of their push on this next year 2024 Mm -hmm. is universal basic dividend and its potential to galvanize a number of elements together to help with these five turnarounds like poverty Mm -hmm. inequality you know food production energy things like that because it does so much for people yeah and it takes it from the rentiers and gives it to people as not as a tax but as something they are owed Mm. You know, it's right that this happens. And there's nothing more than something being an ev- a part of social and economic justice for people to get excited about it. Mm. At one time it was, let's join a union. You know, if you're going back to say 1920s or something, that's the way through. Mm. Now it might be, we want where's, where's our dividend?
0: Where's what we are owed? We want it directly. Yeah. So that sounds like a good place for people to start to kind of get a sense of, of how this could work and and to get get the conversations going about it because if it just stays in a few um, I ho- economic I hope or academic niches, it, you know we we need these things to happen rapidly, don't we? So yeah, we need
1: <laughs> you know, we need it rapidly. But to, it's a little bit like if I had any influence on anything in the circular economy, it was trying to make things graspable if you like mm-hmm. i just took things from different schools of thought and gave it a makeover and pushed you know I, in other words i reframed it a bit to help get traction it really worked
0: yeah
1: same thing is what i think with this next element is around universal basic dividend trying to get that framing so it's not a text it uses a commons fund this is all yeah. peter Barnes stuff uh, and It's relevant to the circular economy because it allows us to put the real price on uh, products and it labels, it might enable us if we want to move away from income tax and things like that. Mm. It becomes a very nice lever for thinking differently because your mind then goes into related questions. Well, yeah, we could have that and there's no difficulty now. With central banks able to connect to anybody, you know, they can connect to their population People in Africa get their money on their phone, mm. you know, and various um, formats. So it can be done. Yeah. It will arrive on your phone every month. Here's your basic dividend. Mm. In fact, Elon Musk said, I want it to be not just, he was talking about basic income. The subtleties are there, are important. He doesn't want it to be a basic one. He wants it to be a high income, mm. he says. Right. But, but in a way, Distributed. he's...
0: Distributed. On, on the X platform, yeah, yeah should, no doubt distributed on the X platform,
1: which is not doing very well at all. No, no, exactly. You know, in money no. Wise. so that's uh, it's it's not an easy it's not an easy answer. But we have to have things which are. Somebody said, "If you don't communicate, you do nothing." So it's an attempt. To, I'm happy to live with the generalisation.
0: Yeah, a
1: lot of academic colleagues. They don't really think of me as an academic. Put the hand up and say, "What about that? What about that?" What about that? As though I hadn't thought about it, you know. But really, I have. I'm just trying to, say, or identify with other people. What's the core of this that might, get people excited?
0: Mm. And I, th- I think you're right. I think that, the, the, the prospect of that and the kind of freedom, to have, you know, it either moves you away from a place of, fear, mm. of will I have enough to eat and you know mm. do I have to make a choice between heating and eating. Mm. And for those that are a bit better off, it starts to allow you to think about reducing your working hours and doing something for your community, for your family, whatever. So I think all sorts of people could get excited about that. And the means of raising the money doesn't seem too problematic. No, if you're going for the academic rents. Exactly. It's almost like you're taking
1: unearned income Mm. and giving it as unearned income. Yeah. Brilliant. What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not like you worked for it. You went to sleep mm. and your property was worth more the next day or your your IP. Mm. Oh, you wrote a book. We got mm. royalties for nothing,
0: you know? <laughs> Yeah. We Yeah. We we wish those were yes, in we income we could live <laughs> yeah, on. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, okay, so that so I think the um uh, Earth for all book is is great, but those those two simple concepts are the ones that and uh, in line with your your comment that you like about um, communication
1: yeah
0: something that resonates with me from a course I did probably 30 years ago short course uh, was nothing happens without a conversation yeah. and so we all need yeah. to be having those conversations to kind of
1: we we um, do
0: you know knock the ideas around and, and think about well how yeah. how do we make this happen yeah. and then maybe conversations with our MPs and you well, know other people. getting it into but the discussion the
1: clarity clarity isn't there at the moment you mm. see too many people have got. Oh, it should be universal basic services. Mm. Oh, it should be a, a, universal, a job guarantee scheme. Mm. Oh, it has to be this. It has to be that. Can we leave that alone for a while? Is is my question? You know, you can get into that later. Mm. But what's the but key the concept? The key concept. I mean, yeah. um, Guy Standing's pretty keen on this. Is that it's an ethical? Yeah, uh, it's about natural justice. And it just happens to do really good things with the circular economy, so it does things with the material cycle and energy as well. Sure, it's about power and whatever, but can we get some handle on something that would gather people together to say we want it?
0: Mm. Because
1: at the moment, not being able to say that... You see, progressives always like a long list. This is what George Lakoff said years ago. Because they want to include everybody, which is right. They accept... That all of these things are relevant to these people
0: mm, but then the story is muddy Where's, what's the story people, people that, latch onto the one that's their favorite yeah, and forget yeah, the others yeah, yeah and
1: they feel they don't have to give way on anything because we're all entitled to do things whereas you know enjoy things whereas on the other end of the spectrum the people who have a, what they call a strict father model hierarchical society associated with the, more the right they have a core set of I, beliefs or values mm. which they work around and so who's going to win you know the more progressive side can come up with newer things but they have to at some stage agree that some things are more important than others
0: mm.
1: and um, just it's subdue class, their enthusiasm the <laughs> yeah. for all of the other things uh, because simply because you want to get something done or do you just want to say well you know there was lots of problems with that sure there's problems with anything you know have you ever driven a car there's always problems (laughs) you know you know so but that's the hardest thing to do because people won't won't want to give way they want it to be their thing that they loved for Mm. or the vested interest will want to put a different flavour you've seen that with regenerative yeah you yeah, know, they've taken up and the with word and circular
0: economy and, yeah, and with the the su- economy. sustainability. Yeah. And
1: everything. so they yeah. try and absorb it back, or confuse the conception of mm. it, yeah. or move it away from its its energy. You know, its its core energy mm. to 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 defeat it. Well, it doesn't help with the current social media and everything, where you can more or less find anything that you believe yeah, in already, like believe in. Yeah, yeah. or like to believe in. Yeah, yes,
0: exactly. There we go so okay so that's that's i think that's a um a good place to kind of move on to the quickfire questions if that's okay and ken you've been working on circular economy and you know interrelated subjects for quite a number of years now so over that period is is there something that you've really struggled with or something that surprised you in a good way
1: surprised me in a good way is how far this all fits with uh, trying to understand systems Now I hadn't realized how much talk about circular economy Mm. naturally leads to discussing complex systems and how they work. So that's pleased me because it's almost like saying this isn't just something for fun, for fashion, for whatever. It's rooted in an approach to how we see how the world works. Mm. You know, we need to work if we talk about growth or whatever using insights from living systems. So it's almost like get over yourself if you don't if you don't uh, get that that bit
0: so it's kind of following the laws of physics and biology and chemistry You know, following
1: the science following the science it's science 2.0 or whatever Mm. which is not the science of mechanism now anymore it's the science of complex adaptive systems Mm. and how they maintain themselves despite all of the uh comings and goings should we call it that way but despite all the feedback they get both internally and externally they so they survive they thrive we want to do that surely and that's the only way systems work so stop telling me it's like a machine you know this idea that uh, x marks a spot with supply and demand that's mechanistic most of the old ideas about economics are about pipework Mm. and quite quite that was the analogy used it's about pipe work and stopping the leaks and making sure the flows go as they are you know unintended that's not how the, the real world works so we have to have an economics that reflects science 2.0 and it, that discussion has been happening for a while but it's not there yet you need to be talking to people like w brian arthur or you need to be talking to uh other systems scientists and and, and I mean, people like Steve Keen, you you need to understand people like Michael Hudson, who are also able to talk about the anomaly that, hey, did you know that most economics doesn't think money matters? You know, it seems paradoxical Mm -hmm. because they think it's essentially a veil over a barter system. So money is only oil, but it's not. It's rocket fuel. So if you don't understand, you know, and the same thing about there isn't really energy the, the, the notion of energy isn't in the economic modelling. It's almost like saying we don't need energy and we don't need money, and yet the current economy is run on cheap credit and cheap energy. Why isn't it being modelled in a better way? An X doesn't mark the spot. We know, we've known for ages that the supply curve mm. doesn't come up very often. You know, It goes more L-shaped as you increase the scale. You know, we don't get rising marginal costs, and in in so where are you going to put the X? And we and, and in terms of demand, the downward smoke, sloping demand curve, that's more notional than it is real. It's only very specific if it does apply. So we're doing things like that. We're ignoring money. We're ignoring uh the, where the supply curve really is and we're ignoring economic rents very largely and just saying a free market is the same as a free for all market yeah. whereas even adam smith said it should be free and fair
0: you know and we're ignoring the fact that we live in a finite world yeah
1: we're ignoring that With so no
0: no, ma- no magic materials tree yeah.
1: so what do i want to listen to economists for oh particular things around narrow parameters yes but it's not going to be a guide to how things should work. You don't get the commons, of course, in, a, in an economy that is all about who owns the property. Is it public or is it private? No, actually, the commons is a very big sector. And in back in the 6th century AD, there were four categories of property. Public, private, commons, and wilderness. Right. Yes, but now we end up with, well, there's only really private property, and public property is sort of illegitimate. You know, it, it ought to be strangled privatised strangled in its in its crib so that's how weird it's got because of course you make economic rents by uh, by protecting property rights in that way above anything else Mm. so even talking about the commons is difficult these days because people go what do you mean the commons haven't we got the tragedy of the commons you know about resources
0: Somebody, somebody said that to me on LinkedIn the other day and I had to kind of explain that that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't the only way to no, kind of uh, look at
1: it. No, Ellen Ostrom yeah. and yeah. her team years ago yes. said that the commons with,
0: Was it hundreds of examples? Yes, of,
1: of, of of the yeah. commons, where yes. it's a resource, a community, and a set of rules. Mm. Uh, and it flourishes mm. very often. It usually only fails when somebody disturbs that community. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's no use saying, oh, tragedy of the commons, they are all too many sheep on the land no actually it's often managed in a very um, social way mm. you know yeah. it's so about obligations
0: if, if you keep the community size small yes. enough
1: yeah. yeah you can do that
0: yeah
1: and so we've we've got what george lakoff calls hypocognition mm. we don't have enough concepts to be able to deploy to help better make better sense and that's a big thing i want to get over in this like we don't really understand the commons or not enough of us do mm. we don't really understand how money is created and deployed we think that economics represents something that's almost scientific it's very narrowly scientific if you make some crazy assumptions around it you know so we don't have the concepts at play like even this idea of molecules as a service well that's real weird you, you can't have molecules mm. as a service how, how does that work exactly you know we, we we don't have the cognitive uh, abilities at the moment to to work with some of these ideas, so that we can be creative with it. We've got to fight to put some of these ideas back on the on the list. Mm. Uh, the guy from the Capital Institute, whose name escapes me for the moment, Fullerton, Fullerton. John yep. Fullerton. Sorry, John. John Fullerton said we've got to talk about private, public, and Commons. Commons is a serious category there. Mm. And that's got to be part of the discussion all the time. And mm. He's absolutely right with that one. It's just that we just kept leaving it off because most of it had been enclosed. Mm. or The only way we thought we could deal with commons was uh, if it wasn't private, it had to be public. You know, this is where the Marxian ideas were. You've got to capture the high ground of the economy. In other words, they're trying to capture the economic rents and then make that useful to people. They didn't think, well, actually... Well, Proudhon did think about it, the anarchists thought about it, that we could have uh, open systems rather than closed systems. It's not about capturing value. Mm. Mitchell Bowens makes this point. It's about open open systems help value to grow because of the relationships within the open system. A closed system is all around capturing right. value, which I think is a nice, a nice counterpoint but people are really scared. David Graeber said this. I'm so sorry. He died a couple of years ago. It's full of stuff. He says that, to some extent, the population is afraid of freedom. In other words, if they had to make their own decisions about, say, commons resources, say there was some resources, mm. they're actually pretty scared of that because they don't have enough experience of doing it. Mm. they are rather, what do you do, what do you don't do? How can I game the system? How do I... Avoid trouble, rather than how can I join in here, and what could what could I make out of this along with these people, Hmm? Mm. and uh, so I like his idea that open open systems encourage the growing of value, closed systems encourage the capture of it. Mm. Now, in terms of our human interaction with nature, it's still pretty open. Uh, the planet may be closed, but it's a big planet, and we could do so much more for ourselves if we were given access to the resources.
0: Yeah,
1: and, uh, and the ability um, to use
0: creative ideas. Yes, and use just,
1: tools yeah. that were part of our social inheritance. It's, yeah. it's ours, it belongs to us. So th- th- people even think that is a radical thing to say. Mm. To me, it's just an obvious thing to say what's your problem that's how much the private property thing has crept in Mm. you can't even think like this unless you're a communist dear it's nothing to do with communism I guess that's all
0: the rhetoric from the the think tanks and the vested interests and all the rest of it I Mm. saw something in the paper the other day Um, I can't remember the name of the female um, mine owner who's just been the subject of some big um, takeover thing for mineral rights in Mm -hmm. Australia Mm -hmm. and um she was, you know, railing against environmental re- legislation mm. and saying something like, you know, people even want to protect um, mice, snakes and weeds.
1: Mm. <laughs> you know,
0: even even those. <laughs> and this is the sort of rhetoric, isn't it, yeah. that's used where they people try and find some phrase that most people will think, oh, yeah, why would you want to protect the rights of mm. mice and weeds mm. and try and switch the conversation that way? But it's, you know, it's kind of this... The whole thing around um, marketing and creating these stories that they're convince dis- us they're, to, they're, to go along with the status yeah, quo. That's what we need yeah, to, to
1: destroy, isn't it? Yeah, we need to dis- stop. Yes, we need to destroy it, but only by you can only do it by replacing it with a better narrative. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, and, that, and that's the, the difficulty we're in at the moment. Mm. We don't have a very clear set of uh, ideas, and they, they take over a generation to emerge. So, uh, so I read I can't give you the quote on that but back to the growth thing just finally I've just remembered you, you were talking about different ways of thinking of things uh, after World War II there was something in a book by uh, Rostov called the stages of economic growth mm-hmm. now its subtitle was a non-communist manifesto Right. that was how it was published in other words there were two competing systems at the end of World War II mm-hmm. who would be better, the one that delivered most stuff to the people was the idea that if you had economic growth it would be it would show that the communists were just not good at doing that and we've been stuck in this sort of binary thing if it's not so obviously we won the cold war did we yes okay and so we anything to do with markets is okay but you don't care what sort of market it is mm. you don't care that it just ended up with a restricted rentier sort of capitalism Don't care about that because it's got the key word market in it. Mm. It's almost like we've got some trigger words around and they always generate, well, the opposite of that is communism. No, it might be, let's have more commons. Let's have more devolved participatory democracy. You like democracy? Yeah, we've got two parties. Mm. You know, it's almost like your thinking can't get round the narrow categories that people have decided to place themselves in. in. Mm. Partly because they probably... Have never been introduced to it in a in a convincing way it's almost like it comes through the media and everything um we, easy to blame the media but it's hypocognition and and we've got to, we haven't really mentioned education in an era like this surely education yeah sure it's really important but it isn't about trying to fit in it's about having the tools and skills and capabilities and thoughts that would enable you to reimagine your world mm. You know we don't need to have know how to fit in blooming ai will do that a side story a friend of mine was sifting applications for a professional job as a first stage for the people who would make the final decisions and she was seeing chat gpt Mm. personal statements yeah what i can can believe it what on earth do bills people actually think they're doing Okay, so they're saying, well, you could employ chat GPT. you don't need that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way to, <laughs> to kind of sum it so up.
1: So we'll probably not bother with your position, we'll just. You know, so that's not creative thinking, that's um, mm. so gaming systems. So it's
0: about having thinking tools at yes. your disposal, critical, not so much about critical, critical knowledge and, and
1: creative. Yeah,
0: and systems thinking. Yeah, and system
1: thinking. And, if, you've, if you've got some of those, then my argument is Uh, because most of the things i've done if it doesn't matter because everybody's different but many of the times i deal with things by going back to the basics of how do systems work Mm -hmm. gotta be effective not efficient what does that imply if we're talking about Mm. circulating money it helps if you've got and this is what happened in the enlightenment, enlightenment wasn't it they had some basic principles which were scientific principles you know let's make sure there's evidence make sure that there's a connection between the action and the outcome and that we can show demonstrate you know Mm. but it's got more sophisticated than that in some ways and we ought to be able to be able to reach into the understanding of systems as they are not as they might be imagined in the 19th century to help us think things through and i think that's a big gap you don't get this in, in my work People don't really want to talk about systems thinking. They don't want to talk about the money cycle. They just want to talk about products, components, and materials as if they stood alone. Oh, and then they just want to talk about the business. So it's only about a business. But circular economy is about an ecosystem. It's about how the whole thing works, isn't it? Because even if you take the idea of waste is food, mm. it's about nutrients, inverted commerce flowing through the economy. If you don't bother with that, it, it, and it's always about somebody else, Remember Bill McDonough's famous things, what's next? What's next for this product component and material? And if you can't answer it, you're not really in a circular economy. You, you, and it's design-led, not waste management. You know, all of these things that we, you and I probably talk about a lot. It's, it's almost as if I only wanna talk about what really matters to me, mm. not realizing that how you're connecting with other parts of the business ecosystem or the economy as a whole really matters as well.
0: Mm. Yeah. So this whole, you know, whilst people think of their business or their part of a business, perhaps as a system, it's understanding that that business is fitting into a much wider yeah. system and then thinking about, you know, what what questions does that pose yeah, for me and how how am I going to be... Yeah. Restricted or encouraging? You know, how do I? How do yeah. I? So, what are you going to lobby for? What yeah. do you
1: want to lobby for? Yeah. What do you want to see in the way of cooperation and collaboration? Mm-hmm. But assuming that that's what you're doing, you're not a little island on your own, fighting to be the last, probably still a man, fighting to be the last business there, and that's mm-hmm. how you win. Yeah. Good lord, you know, are we still talking about that? You know, I just. I feel very uncomfortable that that is still an attitude which uh, circulates rather than, uh, and it comes from Nick Hanauer, we're all better off when we're all better off. Mm. You know, don't pass on waste, pass on food for somebody else to make money out of, or make money out of it yourself. And then play fair with the tax system is that you need to contribute. It's not, the main aim is to set up an offshore company and keep it all to yourself because even those offshore places depend upon the whole world Yeah, i think we'll blockade the cayman islands nothing in or out technology whatever Uh, enjoy your bank account after that's finished (laughs)
0: yeah yeah enjoy looking at looking at at the numbers on the on the screen yeah so um just coming back to business Mm. presumably people often ask you for you know well i'm a business what can i do to, yeah. to head towards a circular economy, yeah. is there a is there a tip that you often give the, them, or the, the, is it uh, more two tips? Well, it's but it's
1: case by case, isn't it? And mm. there are lots of business consultants out there who will run the numbers and stuff. So that's, that's not not me. But the first one is it's got to start with the economics, please, because it's uh, as Walter says, it's an economic opportunity driven by innovation. So you've got make sure it's that. Oh, I'm doing it because I'm concerned about climate change. Great. But if you're doing it because it's going to keep you in business, it should also spin off good things around uh, environment and society, if you're understanding the circular economy properly. So start start with the economics is one thing. And secondly, where are you in the market? Now, if we're talking about rentier, rentier capitalism today quite a bit, if you're in a big company that might control... Mm -hmm. a significant chunk of um, the value chain or potentially you're looking at it because you want to add another layer to your control now you want to might include product components and materials perhaps because you think the market for continued throughput is going to be uh, difficult you might want to control the relationships with suppliers and with people downstream that's a fairly cynical way of looking at it for for the For the very small businesses, I would say, you've just got to try it, really. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Because in all of the revolutions in industry, failure is what you notice more than success. There isn't a thing, if you follow this, you're going to get successful. Mm -hmm. You've got to try it and see if it works. But the hardest thing to accept is that the system conditions are not in your favor at the moment. Mm. You know, it's that old linear lock-in. Yeah, Most things make it really difficult to do what you're doing. But that's the role of the pioneer, isn't it? And the people who follow the pioneers, the pioneers might end up down in the mud with a spear in their back, if you use that analogy. But the people who follow have learned from that and know how to nuance it. Mm. So I'm not... I am concerned that I see lots of failure, but I see lots of enthusiasm too to try and find a way through. And innovations in materials science, in network platforms, this uh, materials passports things I'm interested in, all of this tell us more and more that we should be able to connect up a nutrient-rich circular economy, if you use that analogy.
0: Mm. I'm
1: particularly interested in the use of biomaterials, particularly waste ones. I want to give a shout out to materium mm-hmm. who do these databases of accessible materials and the, and the recipes and potential behind it they're doing good things uh, to help encourage this innovation so you don't have to be trapped in materials that are supplied by 400 suppliers of plastic nonsense in in, in asia or whatever you can rethink uh, the packaging you can th- rethink what you're doing mm so I like that and the other question I would ask is what's your ownership like mm. are you part of a workers cooperative are yeah. you part of what are you part of
0: yeah could you transition to employee ownership yes you
1: know, how about how about employee UK, ownership there
0: are tax incentives yeah. around doing that yeah
1: there are many there are several companies uh, one I won't name in Holland where they established a company and then gave it to the employees and just retained a very small amount to sort of facilitate if you like mm-hmm. the, some of the research uh, to go forward they, yep. in other words gave it all up yep. which is super because it en- energises the, uh, the workforce yeah, absolutely. in that way so purpose driven properly purpose driven with a structure that fits it what I hate seeing is oh we're purpose driven but actually you look at it and the purpose is just profit the purpose is just profit with a mm. few decorations to keep you know, to keep people quiet you know because it's a risk to the brand to be uh, <laughs> associated with some things and there's been quite a lot of um, noise in the papers and uh, on the social media about companies who clearly were just you know the phrase used is greenwashing or circle mm. washing yeah. things like that which is you can understand the game they're playing but it's only a game and they and that's why if they get called out I'm very happy for that to happen
0: mm absolutely yeah and so if you could wave a magic wand and change just one thing tomorrow ken what would, what would you choose
1: i have said that i i don't want a magic wand <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know because that would be almost defeating this idea that systems are complex interactive interdependent and w- yes anything we do in a system can lead to uh, the butterfly effect, if you like, things could multiply and get away away from you, but i 'm worried that already my gravestone might say uh, the circular economy made things worse because right. it ended up reinforcing rentier capitalism. so I would say if I could do one thing, it would be to see universal basic dividend as an established idea and and people might say well that 's not really a circular economy, oh yes, it is. Mm. And you think about what circularity means at all scales in an economy to, 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 to meet it yeah. with money and material cycles. So that's where I rest is my last work. You know, somebody also said, when are you going to retire? You know, can you give it up now? And I'm enjoying it, so why, why do that? But I think there's universal basic dividend thing. It'll be increasing the thing that I look at mm. because I can see... The, the spin-offs for what's yeah. been my passion for 15 years which is the circular economy so I, I I want to just encourage making those links and the Club of Rome is is there and in it and mm-hmm. uh, I've written now the, the other two will be published very soon I've written three deep dive papers on uh, universal basic dividend in different contexts and they're going to have some films and animations around it next year so I'm su- super pumped Mm. up as they say in the colloquial thing i'm really happy to be involved in that discussion and that's all i can ask for if you wait if you want if we got a universal basic dividend we would be reinforcing the move towards a circular economy that was Mm. just that was enabling and that encouraged participatory democracy
0: yeah that could just unlock so much so such a different way of thinking and
1: and, and if it doesn't, and if it
0: doesn't, I gave it my best shot.
1: Mm. You know, that's all we can. Mm. That's all we can say. You know, is my aim true? Well, some of it is, yeah. And I'm, I'm engaged in it, and mm. and that's what we want for everybody, isn't it? To feel engaged in their lives. And I feel I'm very lucky that I have something I do which I really love doing. And, uh, you know, it's not great as a career if you're talking about (laughs) holiday homes in uh, Switzerland, but uh, it's engaging. uh, And and I I wish that um, everybody gets that chance to to do something they feel passionate about and to be treated very generously, actually, by most people. Most people enjoy me being on a platform. And um, I don't get many hate mail, (laughs) which is... It's It's always good to know. Either that or they think not worth bothering with this chap. But uh, there's a ways of doing things which I think matter almost as much as whether it succeeds. And because mm. you realise it towards the end of your life, you probably won't see it anyway. Mm. But the question would be, am I pitching for it? Yes, I am. Mm. And that would be my magic wand. If it happened because it was a magic wand, I'd be, I'd be super happy. I would think I'd have done something then. But... Um, Uh, as with humans and all things living it's participation and process that matters if it's in the right direction so Mm. that's a very long answer to a short question but i would wish for universal basic dividend to be an established approach
0: yeah yeah i think it 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 makes so much sense so um yeah let's see how we can get more conversations flowing on that and ken you've obviously been on lots of platforms over the years <laughs> yes. with with different people and spoken to all sorts of people in and around the circular economy mm. is there someone you'd recommend as a future guest for the podcast
1: yes i would well the two people i want to recommend uh, one is gunter Pauli. now gunter Pauli, I, I know a little bit uh, he's very much follows his own lines of thought mm. he did this thing blue economy in the book blue economy 3.0 is full of ideas it's full of uh, circular, essentially circular yeah, I've things. heard
0: him talk and been he, just yeah he's, yeah he's a knockout on that mm.
1: and even if you think it's not all possible my goodness he's a person worth li- listening to
0: mm.
1: he's done recent work on coffee I uh, the, the think they call the coffee revolution or something these are ideas about making the most out of the rest of the coffee it's yes. an, an old theme with him yeah that's really important and he says add value with what you've got and circulate it locally. He's about how you build business from what you have, and if you like, within an ecosystem that's local or regional, build it up. And that's invaluable because too many people talk from the top down. You know, and partly the problem is, I, I, I think I read somewhere that Gunter's things don't just automatically scale. What's in it for business consultancies? Well, the idea is that, no, it's not really about that. It's about thriving business that can be under the control of uh, people locally. So Gunter Pally is a a big hit with me. super challenging. Uh, I always... I I love that one. And for another person to talk to, I think it's just... It's just a reminder. You've you've talked to him already, but I think Walter Mm. has not finished his crusade yet. You know, he's getting sharper and sharper and more if you like more pointed about the points he wants to make
0: yes i've noticed that yes. yeah
1: and i think that's very worthwhile i went recently to visit him in geneva to have a, a meal and talk things over and i frankly just said thank you walter thank you for all that you've done in terms of inspiring us and keep going i just wanted to go over and acknowledge my debt to his thinking and 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 the and the careful way he tries to get things over Uh, But he's getting um, a little bit frustrated, I think, by some of the varieties of things that are evolving out of uh, so-called circular economy, which is...
0: Yeah, the way it's being diluted. Yes. yes. Uh,
1: So it's always worth revisiting Walter. I will give you one more, because I think this is worth doing. Um, I would try and approach the... uh, Janice, Janice Saunders, her name is. She runs collar skins in Canada uh, now that that, um, that sounds a weird firm t- I saw her do a talk at a Canadian event and she t- put the great idea out because she works with fish you know right. she's from Newfoundland and things and she says we make the money out of the byproducts we established our business to make the byproducts pay the, and selling the normal part of a cod or whatever is really easy you know comparatively but we wanted to cover our costs and more just from the byproducts. I right. thought that was a pretty inspiring way to work with it. It's about local production. They make things like cat treats out of cod skins and all, mm. all stuff like that. But it was that genius to think that the byproducts might be the source of our stability and longevity. Yeah. Not the other way round. What do we do with the byproducts? Yeah. Let's start with that. So I think that, in terms of interesting thoughts coming out of it um uh, janice saunders is a
0: good woman to get hold of yeah she sounds super interesting yeah. so thank you i'll follow yeah. up on all those and lastly ken how can people find out mo- more about you and your work
1: and uh, there's a couple of books um, mm-hmm. but linkedin is the obvious thing um for in a general way linkedin is quite good mm-hmm. uh, i have books a b c and d Creating a regenerative circular economy for all with uh, Craig Johnson.
0: Which does talk about some of the universal basic in there. dividend ideas. And a, a more
1: focused one on universal basic dividend and the society of the future is my wonderful Circles of Oz, a circular economy story published by Routledge. I did that with Alex Duff, the the writer and communicator. She used to work with B and Q. She was a right. circular economy. And anyway, which is uses a take on the Wizard of Oz, and the journey uh, towards the meeting, you know, the, down the yellow brick road, etc. Mm. Uh, and it was an allegory at the time about money. Uh, not everybody realizes that, but it was because uh, she had silver slippers, not ruby slippers. Right. Silver was the original one because it was about what money should we use, gold or silver. But I took that idea with Alex Dove and made it a story about the future uh, economy, talking a lot about things like universal basic dividend, circulating money locally, uh, avoiding rentier capitalism, harnessing the fellow travellers like the Mm. the tin man is the workers, the uh, scarecrow is in the fields, you know, and the cowardly lion uh, was um, Bryant. I think his name was Bryant. Uh, he had a great idea that we shouldn't be beholden to those who would uh, crucify us on a cross of gold, you know, the gold standard. You, you needed yeah. to control your money supply and make it available sufficiently to promote, to encourage the economy. So I did a spin on that, and that's proven quite uh, popular because it's a, a, a fictional thing with an yeah. economic narrative. And uh, so. Apart from that, just get connected with me on LinkedIn and um, chat about stuff.
0: Thank you. And that uh, last book sounds like one to go straight to the top of my reading list. So (laughs) thank you very much. So, Ken, um, thanks so much for sharing some of your time with us today. It's been very thought-provoking, and I've got lots to ponder on and reflect on and think about how to move forward on that. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Catherine.
0: That's it. And please join me in saying a massive thank you to our guest, Ken Webster. I'm so grateful to Ken for sharing his time and ideas. And I'm really looking forward to reading more about those in his latest book, The Wonderful Circles of Oz. If you haven't already, please do listen to the previous episode to hear Ken talk about the universal basic dividend, not universal basic income, and the importance of reviving the concepts of commoning and the commons. You can find out more about Ken Webster, follow him on LinkedIn and check out the other links we mentioned in the show notes at circulareconomypodcast.com and I've included links to many of the people and organisations that Ken mentioned plus several of his books. I've also added some links to the Club of Rome's Limits to Growth 50th Anniversary Resources which include articles, journalism and podcasts. <laughs> The Circular Economy podcast is brought to you by Rethink Global, the company I started to help you succeed with circular. You can find information on my talks, workshops, and advice, plus circular economy resources at rethinkglobal.info. And you can connect with me, Catherine Wheatman, on LinkedIn. I believe we can all help make the circular economy happen through the choices we make at work. And in our everyday lives, buying pre-used, keeping what we have for longer, repairing it and making sure it has another life. Those choices send strong signals to companies and governments, making it clear we all want a better, circular and regenerative future. We can do better with less. We can all help spread the word too. Talk about the circular economy and help other people find this podcast by leaving us a rating and a review on your podcast app. If you're just starting out with the circular economy, why not check out our getting started playlist on the podcast homepage? You could also buy my award winning book, A Circular Economy Handbook, How to Build a More Resilient, Competitive and Sustainable Business. It takes you through the concepts and practicalities with hundreds of real examples from all around the world. We've made it easier for you to find episodes on the key circular economy strategies or for a market sector or specific countries. Check out the Interactive Podcast Index. There's a link on the podcast homepage at circulareconomypodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening to the end And if you like what you're hearing, please hit subscribe and I'll see you next time.